Hi friends, welcome to the St. Anne Parish Podcast, where we seek to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. We hope you enjoy this episode. On this fourth Sunday, we talk about the Good Shepherd, how Jesus Christ uh, led us. We are the flock and he is the shepherd and he traced a path through suffering, through death, uh, and he tells us and shows us that that is not the end of the story, that the end of our story is uh, glory next to the right hand of God, our Father, where he is. And so we wait and we watch for that day. Every single one of us, as uh, Peter said in his in Acts of the Apostles today, that when we receive the Spirit, we have to repent and believe. We have to turn away from sin and choose the Lord. And oftentimes we'll call this movement from sin to life in Christ our conversion story, right? And everyone wants and wants to hear about these mighty deeds like St. Paul, where you were a wretched sinner before and then you get knocked off of a horse and then you're the greatest of all evangelists. Um, I don't know about you, that's not my story. Um, I've been, uh, I made a conscious decision when I was 15 uh, to turn my life towards the Lord. But on this Sunday, I do want to talk a little bit about how my choice to allow myself to be shepherded by Jesus Christ changed my life and how it made all the difference. For those of you who are visiting, my name is Father Edwin Leonard. I'm the pastor here at St. Anne's, and I grew up in this church uh, right over there in a building that is uh, the assembly room. I was a freshman in high school, and we uh, were starting a youth group back in 1997, and there were some seniors and some juniors that were talking about their faith and about how they loved Jesus and about how Jesus loved them. And as a young person, I realized that those teenagers were speaking about Jesus in a very different way than I spoke about Jesus. When I spoke about Jesus, I spoke about him like he was an old guy in a textbook from 2,000 years ago that did something nice for me, but that's about it. They talked about Jesus like he knew them, like he was their friend, like they had a relationship with him. And what I didn't know then, but I do know now, is in that moment when I heard about their relationship with Jesus, my heart was on fire I wanted that relationship, and that was a movement of the Holy Spirit. And so in that moment, in the boldness with the power of the Spirit, as a little tiny freshman, I walked up to these seniors, and I was terrified, and I asked them, how did you start your relationship with Jesus? And they said, we just started to pray every day. And so I didn't know how to pray. I went home. I mean, my, my family was Catholic, but we went to church on Sunday just because that's what good people in Texas did. Right? I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I went home and I found my Bible and I took the cellophane off of it, hashtag Catholic, and I started trying to read my Bible and I, I didn't know what it was saying. Like I hadn't had any context. And so uh, I gave up on that, but it was one of those teen Bibles and it had all of these colorful little inserts with relevant topics to my life. And so every night for my prayer time, I just... I started to pray and I would read one of those relevant topics. And I don't want to be overly dramatic, but that movement of spending time with the Lord every single day changed my life. 
it didn't take away all the problems and the drama of high school. It's not like my calculus test automatically became easy. Like I could just, I automatically knew the answers or the drama and the difficulties with my friends and navigating high school went away. But I did have an inner peace, an inner strength that I couldn't understand and couldn't explain. There was a peace that came from knowing that God loved me. And not only did he love me, he chose me to be his son. He adopted me into his family. And Jesus Christ died for me. And with that confidence growing within me in my daily prayer, I had the strength to continue to choose him. And then I... uh, you know, went through high school and it was my junior year and I was at mass on Sunday. And I don't know if you guys are long timers here at St. Anne's, do you remember Father John? Uh, Father John uh, at one Sunday was during spring break. It was right before spring break. And he said, any high schooler that wants to come to daily mass during spring break, daily mass was at 7 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday back then. He says, any, any high schooler that wants to come to daily mass during spring break, afterwards, I'll take you guys out for breakfast. And I thought to myself, heck no, there's no way that I'm going to wake up during my spring break at 7 in the morning. But there was a cute girl sitting next to me, and she said, that sounds pretty cool. And I said, yes, it does. <laughs> And so I went to daily mass. I already, I already had a prayer time, and, uh, but it, a beautiful thing is that I started going to daily mass Monday, Wednesday, and Friday that week, and I really loved it. Starting my day off with the scriptures, receiving the Lord and the Eucharist, uh, I was like, this is great. And there was a, a very generous person, a man of means, that was at that daily mass, and he loved seeing the high schoolers there. And so he said, I love this over spring break. Anytime the high schoolers come to daily mass in the morning, I will pay for their breakfast. And so for the rest of my junior and senior year, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I would go to daily mass. I got so many detentions for being late to school, because if you do the math, 7 to 7.30 is daily mass, then you run over to the place and and eat breakfast, and then school started at 8.15. I was late like every day. Um, But it was so beautiful. Now, you can't be a young man that goes to daily mass very often without people asking you a certain question. Do you know what question that is? Have you ever thought about being a priest? And it's normally those little old ladies, like they have the walker, they're not very fast, but like they're persistent and coming after you. And so they, they would ask me that question, Edwin, have you ever thought about being a priest? And I would look at them and I would say, I have thought about it, but I'm not gonna be a priest because I'm terrified of speaking in front of people and they would go away sad. And it was true, I'm not lying. At that period of time in my life, I was terrified of getting up and speaking in front of people. Do you know Jerry Seinfeld, the comedian? He has a joke. He says the number one fear in America is public speaking. Uh, The number two fear is death. That means at a funeral, more people would rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Uh, And that is how I felt in my life. So, I would tell them, I'm pretty sure as a priest you have to do that at least once a week. It's not for me. Uh, And so the Lord can't be calling me towards that. I bet I answered that question 30, 40, 50 times while I was in high school. I eventually graduated high school. I went to Texas Tech. I went to a lot of schools. I went to Texas Tech University. Get your guns up. Uh, Then I transferred to Texas A&M University. 
always. Um, and then I went to Franciscan University of Steubenville. But while I was in college, I met a group of uh, peers, college students, that had taken time off of school to go do missionary work. Their missionary work was to put on retreats for sixth through twelfth graders. And they came by my college and I started to talk to them and they talked to me and all of a sudden there was in my heart that familiar feeling of uh, just a burning desire to do that. And I knew that it was the Spirit calling me. And so I applied for that uh, missionary group the next year and I spent the next two years traveling around the country um, teaching people about Jesus. But I remember getting to the missionary group, it was up north, and I get there for training and they say, every single person needs to be able to give a three minute testimony about how Jesus saved your life. And I went up to the leader, I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, I, I don't speak in front of people. And he said, too bad. So I practiced telling the story about how Jesus saved me and how I came to know him. And eventually I got up in front of all of the other hundred missionaries and I gave my three minute testimony and witness to how Jesus Christ saved my life. And I didn't die. Right? So I went uh, and we started traveling around the country doing these retreats and I would do my three minute testimony periodically. About a month in, do you know what happened? They came to me and they said, we really need someone to do the closing talk. And I said, no. And they said, we think that the Lord is calling you to do it. Don't worry. The closing talk is just your three minute testimony plus a recap of the talk you already heard earlier in the day. And I said, fine, I'll do it. And I did that and I got comfortable with it. And then a month and a half later, they came back to me and they're like, hey, we really need someone to do the main talk. And I said, no. And they said, don't worry. You've already been giving the recap. Just flesh it out a little bit. And I said, fine, I'll do it. And then a month and a half later, they said, we need someone to lead the entire retreat day up front the entire time. And at this point in time, I knew what they were going to do. So I just said, fine, <laughs> whatever. And then they came back a month and a half later and they said, well, you know what? We need someone to not just lead the retreats. We need someone to be in charge of the entire team. And I said, yes. And I did that for two years. I came back from missionary work and I went to daily mass and there was that little old lady, probably a different one, um, but she came and found me at the end of mass and she asked, have you ever thought about being a priest? And I looked at her and I told her the line that I said 50 other times in my life. I have thought about being a priest. I'm not gonna be a priest. Uh, I'm terrified of speaking in. And I paused and I realized something. Not only was I not afraid of speaking in front of people, I realized I actually kind of liked speaking in front of people. And not only did I like it, I thought that God was using it to give glory to his name. And so I remember, I don't even remember what I said to her after that, I just remember sitting in the chapel and it was the first time in my life that I stopped telling God what he couldn't do and I asked him what he wanted to do. It made all the difference. Allowing myself to be shepherded meant that I had to stop telling God what he couldn't do and ask him what he wanted to do. And I know that there are people in this room today that think I've sinned too much. It's too late. 
to change. God can't be calling me. I don't have the gifts. And all I want for you today is as we receive the Eucharist, as we sing the songs, as we enter into this moment, perhaps we just allow ourselves to be led. Stop telling God, the creator of everything that exists, who moves the heavens, what he can't do and ask him what he wants to do in and through you. Have you ever seen the movie Karate Kid? Not the new one, the good one, right? <laughs> Where Daniel son is painting the fence and he's like waxing the car and then all of a sudden he knows Kung Fu. Um, God Mr. Miyagi'd me, right? By simple moments of saying yes in faithfulness, the Lord will transform your life. And he won't just transform yours, he will use you to the praise and glory of his name. And so today, allow ourselves to be shepherded. We do not want the one who is going to steal, slaughter, kill, and destroy. We want the life that is abundant, that only the Lord can give. And so let us stop telling him what he can't do and ask him what he wants to do. The St. Anne vision is to bring people to Jesus, form disciples, and send them to transform the world. To learn more about St. Anne, go to stannparish.org. God bless.